Break It Down with Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Oh, that was very bright and exciting and wonderful. It'll go great in there. I like it. And don't forget to check out our website. That's right. www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com Hi. Hi. Who are you? Who are you? I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay. There's a rule here, guys. No farting. No guarantees. The hell's going on? It's a good question. I'm glad I'm Italian. I'm not white. You kind of are. <laughs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? <laughs> Why does it have to be the big chicken? Why do you have to say it like that? <laughs> I was right. And yes. you were racist. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> I still have a belief that Sasquatch is out there. But that doesn't make me crazy. And you give me that face, and this is my issue with you. You're a questionable person. This is a podcast where Rick, a Generation Xer, and Tim, a millennial, come together and try to find answers to our changing world. Break it down with Rick and Tim. All right. So why should people listen to us? That's a very good question, Rick. Why should they listen to us? What do you have to offer as a podcaster? What do I have to offer as a podcaster? Well... A perspective is what I have to offer. Could a perspective because you are a white privileged cisgendered male. Yeah, all of the above. You're I guess. part of the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem. Sure. Oh no. Uh, and I am doing my best to make up for that. I guess people are going to think that our podcast is very liberal and very woke. Is that a bad thing? No, I just, I I guess a lot of it is based in reality and what's happening, like, mm-hmm. in our, like, immediate, like, present at yeah. the time of the podcast. So why am I here? Well, what perspective do I bring? Well, I'm a family man, so I, I've, I have had the wisdom of raising some children. I have experience working within the community, uh, working with kids at risk, which is rough it was it's been a rough go and here's why it's it's because it's not necessarily the kids they are innocent and even when they're guilty they're still innocent it's the who we surround them with it's the people it's the systems it's nothing works nothing and i've kind of been chewed up and spit out of that a couple times you're also a teacher i'm a teacher and so i have some experience just kind of dealing with trauma within the community and you're educated and i'm educated that is true and i've traveled i've been around the world a little bit i think you bring a lot of valid information to the table right i wouldn't necessarily say that i bring like a mastery of anything but i bring like i said a perspective right and I think the important thing for people to remember is that I kind of reserve the right to change my mind because I'm still learning. And there's probably going to be information that I'm going to get that's going to change how I think about the world around me. So I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. And I'm going out and kind of exploring. Uh, But I do have a lot right now in this moment that, you know, I think I can bring to the table. 
Well, we're also living in a time when everything is changing and there's new ideologies and people are firmly positioned in a belief system, whatever it is, and they don't want to waver and they don't want to change. And they're, you know, they have so much pride and... Right. People are are dug in. And we are fluid. We can't be just one way all the time. Well, and the problem is people are dug in right now and they're armed. Yes, that's true. Right. And how do we allow that fluidity or how do we, you know, bring that fluidity to our community? Yeah. And it's okay to change your mind when you are given new information. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that hurt Dr. Fauci was people were expecting the information to be solid when they were just figuring things out with the pandemic and information as it was coming in was changing ways of how to handle it. And people were not happy about that. Right. And it appeared that they were making things up as they were going along. Well, in a way, you kind of have to because... Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so... Well, and here's the thing. People don't realize Dr. Fauci like did everything right. And I and I think I'll probably talk about this in an episode, but um it's easy to kind of predict and see what we had like in place. Everything we did was by the book. And Dr. Fauci came in and said, Look, we're doing everything right. And lo and behold, we have a vaccine that's gonna work, and it did. He he came in and, and was what we needed in the moment. Right. Right. In regards to science, when it's something new, uh, novel, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. It's, we have it's, to put it through our system. Right. And there's going to be mistakes and there's going to be um, new We did very good. And, I don't think we made many mistakes. Right. Yeah. And we were only given so much information. Right. And to be honest with you, after seeing like the whole process... I have a sense of hope that like we we can do it. We can do it if because there have been bad sicknesses and right. who knows when one spreads like that. Good gravy. And hopefully they've built more ventilators in the past two years. I'm sure there's there's steps taken, but yeah. again, look at the plethora, you don't know and the plethora of face masks that we have now and right. So, but that comes back to, I mean, our readiness is one thing, but our response in the moment as a community, like, how do we handle that? I mean, we did okay. We we did okay. I think the blue states did well. Sure. You're right. So, you look at this and go, where are the problem places? Now, that's not to say that, I mean, well, why would would you say just the blue states? Because we were all about masking up. And we were not saying, my body, my choice, and coughing on people. And we saw the videos. You've seen the videos. Sure. And I'm sure if we look at the statistics as far as, like, where things happen, I mean, even if we break it down by state, I mean, granted, Multnomah County was not doing well, but we are the epicenter of a city, a major metropolitan area. Uh, But, like, our rural counties did not do well at all. And that's rural counties, Right. And those rural counties, are they blue? No. Case in point. Sure. We are not very MAGA friendly. No. MAGA! And I am pro-conservative, pro-liberal, pro-two-party system, pro-democracy. Are you really? I am. Pro-two-party system. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
because of majority rules. Three-party sure. system, okay, no. And it's going to become a three-party system with Donald Trump since he's now targeting yeah. DeSantis. It's going to I be can MAGA. see what you're saying. Well, now, how about this, though? What if instead of a, the way of doing uh, the regular voting, what if we did ranked choice voting? I'm not familiar with what ranked choice voting is because I believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, boy. There he goes. So explain to someone who's been in a cult for the past 10 years what exactly is rank voting. It's kind of exactly what it sounds like. So you got a choice, right? Let's say you've got three candidates. Then you can choose one, two, and three. Like You can rank them. And then, so you're not choosing between two people, per se. It's three people, and you're putting them in a hierarchy. Yeah, time out real quick. Because we're wasting time here trying to figure out what it is. Let's just look it up real quick, and then we'll cut, and then go into it. That way we look smart. It's the trick of production. A few moments later. What is ranked choice voting, Rick? Ranked choice voting is a voting system where voters rank candidates in order of preference rather than just choosing one. If a candidate gets more than 50% of the first preference votes they win if not the candidate with the fewest votes is eliminated and their votes are redistributed to the voters next choice this process is repeated until one candidate has more than 50 percent of the votes the idea behind this system is to ensure that the winner has the broadest level of support and to prevent vote splitting sounds feasible sounds doable would It'd be crazy if we in Oregon, in our next election, will have ranked choice voting. Sure. Let's get rid crazy. of the, Let's get rid of the electoral voting altogether Rick, and do that. It's already done, Mr. Richter. We voted for it. We voted for ranked choice voting. Did in the I last vote for election. it? I don't know. Did you? I don't know. That's a good question. One thing that Tim and I agree on is um, there's nothing wrong with empathy and empathy how the extreme exactly. right has taken the term woke and made it into a bad word, just like Antifa. I am Antifa. Sure. I'm Antifa. I am anti-fascism. He is. I remember when I was a kid, there was the one, what was it called? Friends Stand United. You remember that one? No. FSU. And no. people are like, oh, you mean Rocky Dinga? And you're like, no, man, Friends Stand United. But then you realize what that thing actually was. It was just a bunch of guys that got together and beat up neo-Nazis. Mm. It was weird. It's unfortunate that the media has created terms and applied them to people in objectification ways and diminishing the good work that my dad did and people who fought in World War II because they were, in very essence, Antifa anti-fascism but now it's a label to apply to people that are protesting and burning down liquor stores yes i I agree with you i think that's what it's become right but someone always has to be a target there's someone that's always that has to be a target gays trans antifa but you have to understand rick that antifa within them like who knows there's craziness about them just like this it's just it's like to the to them it's like it's our maga right our maga is their antifa mm. extremes yeah extremes and so you have to you, you gotta i feel like there's this drive also to align ourselves with somebody right we have to align with a group because we're groomed 
because we're groomed to do that. From and day so one. going back to why I'm here, I am here because I grew up, like you said, white privilege and all this stuff. Cisgendered. Cisgendered. Uh, term that I didn't learn until this podcast. Patriarchal. And, and, and the thing is, you know, going back to that, like, why does somebody have to make a label for me? Because that's how we categorize things. Now we have hashtags. Now you right. are a hashtag. That's right. So I don't even know. But going back to why I'm here, it's because I had learned a bunch of things growing up that maybe weren't the best lessons and weren't the best outcomes, I would say. And so I've had to unlearn a lot of things that I was taught or that I emulated from my environment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And that is why I'm here. I chose Tim for my podcast because I felt that he brought a lot to the table. And how I got to know him, he's my neighbor. We would go for walks every single day. And I'd be walking my dogs and he'd be walking his kids. And, of course, we would be talking about the the, the events of the day. And, unfortunately, it had to do with a lot with politics and our community with homelessness. And then our drug-addicted... Um, migratory transients coming through our neighborhood and leaving their paraphernalia and stuff. And, yeah. and so we decided, Hey, let's do a podcast. Let's talk, you know, because we're already doing it while we're on the walk. So now we can possibly share our points of view and opinions with people that might benefit from this. Is that why you're here, Rick? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Any other reasons why you're here doing this podcast i am a very opinionated italian man i know what's right and you will do as i say but not necessarily as i do oh boy (laughs) tim tends to be very serious i tend to always try to find the joke to uh, alleviate the problem or the issue that we're talking about have some fun poke at it and but then when I get set off, I get triggered. It's hilarious. And he, Tim has a hard time, I think, trying to bring me back. Because you, what do you say? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, you just go on this. Whoa, 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 whoa. There it is. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to slow you down, and you got to pump the brakes. I'm not going to just have you crashing into the wall, Rick. Jesus Christ! And that's why we created for the podcast, Let's Trigger Richter. Let's Trigger Richter. And uh, you'll see throughout these episodes, Tim will throw a topic at me, and do I jump for it? Do I take the bait? Every time. No, no, not really. No. That's true. Not really. He doesn't. No. He does about as many times as I get the answers right on the Quizlets. And so, because he's a teacher, I thought we would turn things around and create a segment called Let's Quiz Tim. Mm. And it's questions pertaining to the topic or just whatever I decide to throw at him. Yeah. And I sometimes do absolutely terrible. Because again, my knowledge is limited. I didn't do a lot of book studies. Mostly experiential learning from this one. And so. I love to travel. And now it's time to Let's Quiz Tim. Again? Again? Okay, here we go. Who is Lady G in Congress? 
Lady G in Congress. Jesus Christ. And it's as bad as it sounds. So who is Lady G in Congress? Marjorie Taylor Greene. <sighs> Lindsey Graham. How am I supposed to know that? Who calls him Lady G? My community. The gay community calls him Lady G. Yes, because we know. He has anal warts. How do you know that? Because his male escorts kiss and tell. Ew. Lady G. That is something that I didn't know. And you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not upset that I got that question wrong. Does Does Marjorie Taylor Greene have anal warts? Her face is an anal wart. (laughs) Oh, that's awful. All right. Does Ron DeSantis have anal warts? Have a penis? What in the world is that question? Does he have a penis? Yes or no? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about his gender. I'm sure he does. If he if he presents that he has a penis, then he does. Now, whether or not he controls it or does it represent him, no. Because Tim, what? The correct answer is... No, he does not have a penis. Why not? Because I say so. <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> yes. Oh. Why does Donald Trump take Xanax? I don't know. For his Hispanic attacks. that one coming no that's incredibly racist my mind doesn't go there i'm trying to make this a family show you ass what musical instrument does bill clinton play he plays the saxophone no no look it up he plays the saxophone he plays the harmonica oh god damn it rick (laughs) we got two more oh sake no but look it up right now it is the sex it is the sex but for fun and games and and giggles all right what does nancy pelosi's husband have right now ptsd a headache and probably some ptsd (laughs) what do you call a disney princess that supports donald trump nope i don't want to do this i'll give you a hint you ready nope Snow White, you don't get it. I am not going to acknowledge whether or not I get this joke <laughs> on air. Snow White supremacist. Uh, all right, out of all those jokes I told you, which one was the one that was the funniest? The Snow White supremacist one. That was the funniest one? Yeah, I thought that one was clever. I, I thought, I think it's a toss up between the harmonica and the Hispanic attacks. Nope. <laughs> Not going to go anywhere near those two. That is all you. Write your letters to Richter, Riolo, at at the Richter, whatever, off the Richter. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And now it's time for Trigger Richter. Richter. Uh Uh-oh. What are the main reasons the anti-LGBTQ peoples say we shouldn't allow trans people into bathrooms? 
is that they're pedophiles and they will they're sexual predators. All I've heard them, that. Yes. Right? And I've even heard that about, you know, homosexuals. All of them. How do you feel about being labeled a pedophile? I hate it. It's probably the most offensive thing I've ever been called in my entire life. In the past week, there have been 17 arrests or convictions of adults accused of having sex with children. Of those 17, 14 were pastors or youth pastors at Christian churches. One was the husband of a youth pastor. One, a police officer. None were drag queens. The first time I was called that for being openly gay was in my work environment. I was working at a sizzler when I was um, going to school, getting my associate's degree back in Los Angeles. And this one girl, this co-waitress, she came from another country, uh, like Ethiopia, I believe. Mm. And she asked me, are you the pedophile? And I was like, what? <laughs> Whatever happened to good morning, how are you, right? And she was but you are gay. And I was like, what? I mean, it just blew my mind. Just. Well, what? she's probably been conditioned to think that all gay people love young yeah. and people. Being openly gay in the Bigfoot world, I've had that thrown at to me. I've had that thrown at me quite a few times. And it, it kills my spirit. Well, sure. Well, look at the Bigfoot community, right? <laughs> and, Consider and, the source. And look, right. at, look at anybody that they hate. Oh, yeah. Anybody. Look at the Democrats. What are Democrats? Oh, the worst. Yes. Well, yeah, but they're also... Woke? No. They run a sex ring because they are... Oh, the QAnon bullshit. Yeah, all that stuff. But some of them believe all Democrats are pedophiles. Right? Yeah. Right? So, So it goes down to who do you hate and what's the worst label you can put on someone to make them feel incredibly terrible about yeah. themselves? And it, 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 it... Pedophile. It kills. It kills. Right. Words kill. Mm-hmm. They do. And it's just... What I hate is how people will just... Sin is sin. So they'll equate me as a murderer because sin is sin. And I just... No, you can't do that. And I have first cousins that have put me into that category which is why you will never meet sin, them sin is sin yeah you'll never meet them and they'll never be they're not a part sure. of my life sure you know so i no one needs that kind of verbal abuse from no. their own family well and like judgment who needs right. judgment from that lens right right that's, that's just setting yourself up for grossness did i get triggered I got kind of sad and reflective. You did. I mean, I, I, I guess we triggered some emotion in you, definitely. That's it, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think we, we triggered you successfully. Yeah, yeah calling me a, a pedo is definitely <clears throat> one surefire way of getting on my bad side. Sure. You've seen me blow up. <laughs> so I... <clears throat> no. Zero tolerance for that. Sure. So originally I wanted to call the podcast... Rick and Tim saves the universe. Right, which sounds like a comic book that didn't go anywhere. And then I said, well, you come up with something. And then Tim came up with... Break it down with Rick and Tim. And I liked that. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say I came up with it. I thought no, we you came... did. You well, did. Well, I did, but, we, but, but, but you contributed to the think tank of the whole thing. Yeah. Right? You, you triggered the 
idea. And then I was sitting inside his living room and like, well, what kind of topics do we, do we want to talk about? And education, mental health, homelessness. And then it snowballed from there. And like, oh, what about, you know, aliens and Bigfoot? And All that stuff. Belief systems and everything that we're being th- that's being thrown at us on a daily basis in today's right. changing world. Right. Tim is pro-Bigfoot. Sure. I'm anti-Bigfoot. My experience with the culture of it has made me turn away from it. Oh. Right. He is... Rick, you are against the commercialized Bigfoot. establishment, the patriarchal mm-hmm. order of things by right. men creating Bigfoot. Bigfoot's real because I say it's real. Right. But what about like the natives, Bigfoot and that kind of stuff? That's quite, that's Pandora's box because not every native tribe, that's indigenous true. people has the same belief in what Sasquatch is. That is also true. Some say it's a spirit. Hmm. Some say it's another tribe of Indian. Others say it's a cannibal and it's going to steal your child and eat it. Well, I have very little knowledge on all of this stuff, so well, I'm going go. to defer to your expertise because you, mm. you've been in that world. We both think UFOs are real. Yes. Well, I mean, and so does the United States government. <laughs> I have a, fi- a faith in a higher power, God, if you will. We both vote Democratic. Yeah. Although, not always. I've always. I, uh, in my local election, voted for a Republican (gasps) mayor. Clutch the pearls. Mm -hmm. Mm, I almost voted against Tina Kotek. Almost, but I didn't. Because you talked me out of it. We were on that walk and you told me that, you know, this... Yeah, who would you have voted for in, instead? Probably the Toad. <laughs> Betsy Johnson. Oh, poor thing. Betsy. It's oh, only Betsy, 8% Betsy, of the Betsy. vote. So in rank voting that you were talking about, she would be the loser, the third, the very bottom. So those votes right. that went to her because of rank voting would uh-huh. either be distributed to Tina or Christine Drazen. Right. So That's let's say works. most of the people who voted for Betsy Johnson then voted second for Christine Drazen, and Christine Drazen was in second place instead of first, right? Uh-huh. Well, she could overtake Tina Kotek if they took all of Betsy Johnson's voters and said, well, we'll go with your second choice, Tina Kotek. Most of you chose Tina Kotek, and Tina Kotek takes the lead and wins. And that's how that would have happened. And that's how that would have happened. Oh. Right? Isn't that crazy? But You're smart. Well... I research stuff. I try to educate myself. And here's the other thing. I'm wrong a lot. So I get corrected and I allow myself to be corrected, mm-hmm. which has helped, I think, in you know guiding myself through this crazy world. Victor. Yeah. What do you bring to the table? As a podcaster, do you think... My experience in the Bigfoot world brings a lot to the table in regards to discussing ideologies, belief systems, cults, things of that nature. Of course. Of course. Because you were 
you like jumped the line in <laughs> the in the secession of like it wasn't a sip. Of it the wasn't Kool-Aid. a sip of the Kool Aid. He like Rick like j- he like busted through like the Kool Aid man into the room and was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had like the beer funnel at a beer party. Jesus with a keg Christ! And-, <laughs> and he was wearing a big old pride flag around his neck, right? <laughs> God damn. Uh, and yeah. and you upset a lot of people. You did, and you became the target because you had essentially got what a lot of people were striving to get. But then, when I realized what the whole thing was a big sham and voiced my opinion about it, I then really became the bad guy. Right, because you didn't come up through all the muddy water. You didn't see what everybody was going for, right? Hmm. Everybody at the top was going for exactly what they had. And in that episode, we'll find out what that is. Yeah. Well, what I hate is that they all give each other a high five and pat each other on the back. Over what? Nothing. Nothing. It's it's televangelism. But to them is it's everything. Oh God, reinforcing confirmation biasness, uh, self propagating. They're creating Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And I hear the UFO world is even worse. Probably. But I mean, that's the point, right? No, it be- gives them a, a a place to go and and be play this seen, character, be seen, mm-hmm. be, be heard, seen, be heard, be important, right? Yeah, and this make-believe community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have control. It's a control thing. I am fascinated by the topic of UFOs. Always has been. But because of my experience in the Bigfoot world, I know better than to become involved in the UFO world. I will just yeah. be a lurker. Discuss it with my friends. <laughs> watch the videos. But not participate in any kind of online discussion nope okay <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i, I think you've learned for, for me you have a little bit of an interest in bigfoot sure not to participate in any of the online. sure well you i wouldn't i mean cool because i know we know what's online that's the thing like on online is a place where you don't have a face yeah that's it and so a lot of people you know they let their guard down and then they show their true colors hmm. and they you know a lot of people it's like the the south park episode you know like it's your everyday people who are just like, I just want to get online and take out my frustrations and angers, and I just want to be a terrible, terrible person. It's interesting, too, when you see those people in person, because you're like, what's the relationship that we have in person? How does, does it translate from the internet? Right. What I'm slightly worried about is when I finish my degree in June, and I start working and advancing in my career in film and video production... Is my involvement in the Bigfoot world going to hurt me? How would it hurt you? Just that Bigfoot outside of the Bigfoot world, it's a joke. Right. And I was hook, line, and sinker. I was on that reality show. And that footage is out there forever. Sure. So I have to accept it. And that was a part of my life. And I... You also have off the Richter. True. True, and the only reason why I've kept those videos on my channel is because people have asked me to because it's an archive of information, blah, 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 blah. I get it. But could you imagine running for political office and then someone saying, aren't you the guy that believed in Bigfoot? 
Didn't you? Yeah, I saw you at the convention. Yeah. And I would not be the type that would say yes just to get votes. I'd be like, nah. Uh, That's the difference. Like, you and I, I would have no shame. Well, the thing is, like, again, going through, like, my life and just realizing the, 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 the privilege that I had and just the the shame, the shame that that for example i was in a play in in high school where i was playing an indian uh person and they just dressed me up with all the makeup and everything like i was and to this day there's still a picture of me like hanging on the wall and I've asked them a couple of times. Somebody should do, could somebody take that down? Yeah, that could come up and bite you in your ass later. Sure, well, but I, but I fully, But here's the thing: if you look at it, you see you you don't see like me. You see a kid. Like I was like fourteen. I was a dumbass kid. How the hell was I supposed to know? I have no concept of the the world at that point. I went to Catholic school my whole life. I can honestly say there's no photos of me in any kind of well, Native the, American paraphernalia. Sure. No blackface, but there are photos and video of me in track. <laughs> of course, probably. My. Are you ashamed of that? No. Sure. So. It's all in fun. Shame. Like, I know that picture exists. Am I ashamed of it? At this point, no, because my thing is, where the hell were the adults? Why are people letting me do this? Well, it was what? a different time back in the 1970s. It know? was not the 1970s. I am not that old, Rick. It was in like the 2000s. Oh, that's even worse. Right? It was bad then, too. Here's a question for you. Yeah. What do you hope that our listeners and viewers get from our discussions? I want them to get... The process, I guess, of how we look at the the world around us through the lens of empathy, I guess. That's my biggest, like, goal right now. I try to teach my students that way, just to look at the world with... A, you have to have empathy, right, when you look at something. So, like, in my... Because my, 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 now, all of a sudden, I no longer teach math. I teach social studies. And my goal is to show them in politics, like where there's empathy and where there's not. Everything, in my opinion, needs to be approached with great, who's going to get hurt? And if they're getting hurt, how bad? And can we like prevent that? And if we can't, well, then let's look at this, what we're doing and discuss if it's the, the right thing to do or not. Like when we look at the pandemic, it's this, well, do we keep the uh, the stores open right. and the economy going or and, and, and let all the old people and everybody, all the sick people die? It's killing a lot of healthy people, too. Or do we shut it down and try to save everybody? Jesus Christ, everybody. In our discussions, we don't always agree on everything. Right, we don't. Quite a few times you say, well, I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> well, be, yeah, yeah. I disagree. I disagree. Uh, we never get too heated. No, no. But no. I think we do at one point when you exploded on a poor transient. I got triggered. 
He got, yeah, you did. You get really triggered. But there, it wasn't just a random trigger. I mean, things had built up in my life, in my community, in my right. It was a combination of things, and this poor lady just happened to be at the end of it. And she was on drugs. And she was. Ooh. And she was Ooh. stealing things yeah. from people's yards. And Rick, I was I was approaching her, and then Rick, like a bull from behind me. It caught me off guard. I I think I jumped to the side for a moment. I saw her too. Oh my god, she jumped. Yeah, it was epic. Yeah, we talk about this. We in do. Our, I'm reliving it right now. Oh, it's traumatic. In our mental health episodes, we dedicate oh. three episodes to discussing mental health, which is very important. Am I the type of guy you would want with you in a fight? Ooh, that's a really good question, Rick. Based on that moment based on that moment no gay jokes <laughs> okay, okay. okay let, me, let me rethink I'm what i was gonna, gonna say i'm gonna beat a person with my purse then, then hold on let me let me rethink this but no in, in in all seriousness i don't know i don't know rick because here's why because i was handling that situation you should have recognized like I, I was, I and was I gaining control. You, but you said for me to back off, I back right, off. and that's the thing. And so, I think now I would be okay with having you in a fight. But at the same time, like there was the 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 there was a, a moment where I had to turn around and try to prevent you from 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 going crazy, right? And mm. I had to calm you down. And so my job became twofold here: make sure this meth mehead, this mehead. This meth head, or or whoever it was that was this this person who was clearly going. Let's go back and let's not call her a meth head. Let's call her you know somebody Look who's going through a crisis, right? Richter's rubbing off on Tim. Oh, I know, God. <laughs> um, but you were like at school. You're like balancing two variables here. One's really set off, and the other one's cuckoo. Sure. And yeah, it put me kind of back in that situation. And unfortunately, like I have experience in that, mm-hmm. you know, high stress environment with people who are, you know, intoxicated and or going through some yeah. mental crisis and or are triggered. Here's where you disagree on. I'm the type of personality that's like, oh, I wish a bitch would. Oh, nope. I wish you wouldn't. Oh, I would take my earrings off, oh, my, my high God. heels off, and whack. I will cut you. Uh, but that's the, that's the other what, thing, though, but, like... like but, when everything's calm and we're able to reflect, what sure. good does that anger do? And because anger is just one letter short of danger. That is true. Oh, that's some fun wisdom that I'm going to share with my students. That's, this is what I bring to the table. There you go. This, the, I'm this a very, wisdom. That's right. Richter's wisdom. I'm very calm. Mm-hmm. Collected. Are you, you're calm and collected in some situations. And then boom. And then yeah. <laughs> like a volcano, just sleeping until bam, pyroclastic yeah. flow. I carry a lot of energy. Yeah, and you I, do. I have. I had a teacher kind of like jump back at school because we were talking about a subject, and I was like, "Oh, but then da 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 da." And he was like, "Whoa!" But then all the Gen Z students in my class are like all meek, and are all meek. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. They were just all in their shells, and they're afraid to speak. Because they don't know how to talk. All you gotta do is play on their phones. That's true. Generation Z. I will say this about Generation Z. They put down the Instagram and the Snapchat, because this was before TikTok. They put all that down and rose up their fists in solidarity for Black Lives Matter. They did. Yeah. That was that was I was very proud of that 
youth movement, oh, there is something that they're going to be passionate and feel the need to stand oh, for. Oh, they're going to ban TikTok. Who? The government at some point. Well, if things get worse with China. Oh, yes. <laughs> anyway. And you know what? What are they, what are they all going to ban to? China has access to millions of people's information. So much information. It's so hilarious because what China has done is they essentially hacked our teenagers, mm-hmm. like our tweens. They're like, let's go for these dumb kids. They'll download our social media app and we'll listen to everything their parents are doing. Yeah. Or we'll essentially turn the United States into what Batman turned Gotham City into with all this shit. Well, like I said, things get worse with China. I think they should uh, remove TikTok. What would they do? Kids will go back to Instagram and Snapchat. You're right. They would. There'll be something new that'll be presented. Sure. Uh, Be real. They'll go back to Snapchat and Instagram. No, be real is is uh, be real. Uh, it's a. It's a <laughs> you telling? Me? I thought you were telling me to be real. No, be real is an app. It's like it's like oh, a, it's, it's, a, a, it's another take social a media. Picture of what you're doing right now, right now. Well, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just so like once a day, like at random, like it'll be like boom, be real, and you got one minute to take a photo, and then you can still take a photo and post whenever you want, mm. or take a photo, you know, afterwards, but it'll tell you that you were late. And you're not cool if you're late. You're you're not being real. You're a millennial. I'm Generation X. Between you're between my generation and these children in diapers with cell phones. I grew up, and I remember when the internet came about, like the real consumer internet. So you identify Dial more up. probably with Generation X than you do with millennials. Dinner, dinner, dinner. <laughs> welcome you've got mail oh my god that sound and then sometimes we just say welcome and then you just be all sad you're like god damn it goodbye yeah so who do you identify more with millennials or z or xers i think you identify more with xers uh probably yeah and with me it's i guess boomers and millennials well, now here's the thing: generations. I, there's a few Gen Zers that I I I get along with, but I guess you're right. I don't know. I do get along better with the older people. See, my parents. My dad was in World War II, so he wasn't a baby boomer. Okay. But the generation after that was baby boomers. Baby boomers. I I click with millennials more so than I do with baby boomers. Mm. Boomers tend to not be as um, embracing of diversity as millennials are yeah because of who i am i mm-hmm. go to where there's a hug i completely agree i grew up uh my parents were boomers they had beliefs when we were growing up that changed uh but i mean they, they were always s- somewhat liberal i just think that they that my mom and in, in particular kind of got caught up in the catholic church a little too much in their rules but then she saw through the lens of empathy there's something I want to tell you. What do you want to tell me? There's a missing generation that's between oh, is there? X and baby boomers. Okay. And it's Generation Jones. Okay. From, I think, 1954 to 1965. And that's one of them right now. My brother was born in 1958. 
and he would be considered Generation Jones. Okay. And what made them the Lost Generation? Well, let's see. Let's find out. <laughs> oh, you didn't actually look to see why they were the Lost Generation? We're supposed to be informing people here, Rick. No. Hey. No barking. The Lost or Forgotten Generation in the sense that a lot of attention is given to the Baby Boom Generation. Then there's the whole Generation L- Generation X Babblepalooza that started in the early 1990s. I think they were the ones going to the discos in the 70s and, you know, wearing the bell bottoms and the feathered Farrah Fawcett hair. That's sure. that generation. My brother was that. I remember my dad had an embroidered, embroidered jean shirt. Remember watching Three's Company? Nope. Oh. Uh, the Partridge Family? Nope. Brady Bunch. A little bit. Uh, they're examples of Generation Jones. As okay. They got a little bit older. The 70s show. Yeah. That's a Generation Jones. That's gen- the kids? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you learned something. I did. So we have Baby Boomers. Generation Jones. Generation X. Millennials. And then... Those in diapers playing on cell phones, cancel culturing everybody. Generation <laughs> Z. What's next? Uh, Generation Alpha, your kids. My kids. Yes. And I think they're going to be better than Generation Z. Where is that? Where does Generation Z stop? I think at, uh, they're in high school right now. That's the ending of it. So the kids that are in elementary school are alphas now. Mm. You're the teacher here. I know. But uh, You're quizzing me? This is Let's Quiz Rick Again, you have to understand my teaching style. It's experiential. I don't necessarily have knowledge. I have ways to acquire knowledge and know how of how to do that and piece it together and, and process. Ten, ten years from now, you're if you're but you probably will still be teaching. You'll be having alphas in your class and be Yeah. Interesting to It'll see. Be interesting to see how they are because you're right, these you know they're the pandemic kids. Are, they're the are, quarantines. The quarantinies, yeah. Yes. They're, God, man. And quarantine really messed up some of our kids. Mm-hmm. Like, it really did. Social skills. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's crazy because, like, we got some of our most cha- like, <laughs> some of our most challenging kids, you know, they, 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 they skipped middle school. And went straight to high school, essentially. Um, and they, that middle school is the time where they, you know, test out all their social, so they're little shits. <laughs> and so they are, they're absolute little shits and they're all discovering themselves and their bodies. And it's just, it's really disgusting and it's really awful. And they just, they didn't right. get that social interaction when they were doing that. So they didn't go through all that together. Yeah. Because that's the thing, like... When you're going through puberty, like it's nice to have other people around you that are kind of going through the same shit because then you, you can, can relate talk to them. about it. Yes. You can relate to them. And you can you know grow together. Now these kids, they essentially went from flipping here I am in fifth grade, sixth grade, or whatever, and then all of a sudden, bam, quarantine, boom, and then all of a sudden we're coming back, and oh my god, now all of a sudden, like I see these girls. And these girls see these boys or vice versa or whoever. We see whoever. And, and it's like they're at that stage in their life where it's, everything's just so awkward because they don't know how they feel about each other because it's all about feelings. And they just 
they can't handle the pressure of like interacting with each other. It's rough. I've seen some of that with these 19 year olds at the university. I just want to say they're all like that because they're definitely not. There's still those who are very much, you know, social and and whatnot and they do fine. But there's some that that are really struggling. One of the reasons I brought up this talk about the different generations is um, the greatest generation, which was what, what was my dad's, the ones that fought in World War II, uh, they're all dying. Yeah. And so they fought against the Nazis and the access of evil and all that kind of stuff. Rightfully so. Because they're beginning to fade in the memory of time. The evil that they fought is now finding a new platform, a new voice, and are coming back up out of the shadows. And that greatest generation that fought them aren't here anymore. So it's up to their children, the baby boomers, and so on, to take on this threat. And there was that quote, and we've talked about this in one of our episodes, Ronald Reagan's quote, freedom is one generation away from extinction. And it's true. And yeah. we've seen that in the, re- the past five, six years. Right. Reagan's generation would never have foreseen January 6th. Never would have thought. Never would have thought that would have happened. Been possible? Did we think it was possible? I didn't. I didn't either. I was idealistic. Right. So was I. I was like, no. Well, and part of me thought like they would have backup. Like somebody's going to go in there and break this up at some point. Where's the military? Where's other police? But then you get to thinking, and you go, well, you know, somebody's controlling them, probably. Yeah. And they probably planned this whole thing. This this can't be just a mob. There's probably bigger things at play here. Yeah, and, my, and there was. My parents' generation would not have tolerated it. Exactly, right? Now, yeah. ours is scared because we're scared to get our hands dirty. What are millennials known for? What's my generation known for? Uh, the internet. Uh, having grown up having the internet with you the entire time yeah is that it and uh bringing back pop music thank you sure with britney spears and nsync and backstreet boys thank you right we were we a lot of us i wasn't um but a lot of my friends were sent over to fight wars for oil although some people will say that it was against terrorism Right, I remember and Desert some of Storm was. and then Operation Enduring Freedom, all these labels that they put on them. Right. Um, and again, you know, my perspective on the whole thing. It, it, it depends on your perspective on this on the whole wars. Because to some people, they were a very good thing. To some people, they were a bad thing. To me, I watched a lot of my friends go over. Some didn't come back. Some came back and they were completely different people. What breaks my heart for your generation is that you really did not get to experience life as adults before 9-11, before Columbine. That's true. Oh, man. Just because I have that perspective. And walking around with your head in the clouds with rose-colored glasses and, you know. I got to experience that, and I'll tell you where. South Korea, Seoul. Oh, it was fantastic. And you went there because of school? Yeah, I was teaching. I taught English over there, which is something anybody with a 
bachelor's degree can do. And it's basically you go over there and you teach, but you, you're partying. Was this in 2006, 2007? It year? was in 2012, okay. 13, and it was And it was like that oh, over mm-hmm. there, even though there's North Korea, the yes. threat of... Yes, there's North Korea, but everybody there, there's a sense of just, you know, community. Hmm. I remember one time I was walking to the bus stop and it was raining. I had my hood up and an old man came up behind me with an umbrella and walked with me all the way to the bus stop. Wow. Right? I told him he didn't need to do that. But he he insisted. I was like, all right. Uh, Yeah, it's just, it is a completely different world. It's a much smaller country than the United States. Exactly. Here I am, somebody from the Pacific Northwest, just, you know, getting drenched on like I'm used to. Right? And then all of a sudden, boom. And there's an old man just like, hey, here's an umbrella. It's amazing. Do you think we will ever get that back again over here? No. No. Because we have, uh, uh, I, 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 I honestly think that it could be sexual obsession with our firearms in this country. Oh, boy. That's a loaded topic. I know. We don't that's, necessarily That's why I think it dedicate, got a little sexual. We don't dedicate an episode to guns, but... Tim does ask me, uh, let's trigger Richter about my thoughts on guns. And You're right. I think you're right. I think my generation has grown up in a lot of fear. Yeah, and it's sad. It's tragic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And then the Z kids, they're kind of numb to it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because cause that's the thing, like... My generation, we grew up with the internet, but we also grew up with the violence. Like, I remember, like, these, these, these kids don't remember lag. Like, if there's lag, they won't play a video game. Oh, they'll just walk away from it? They won't have Absolutely. Patience? Really? Oh, you cannot play a video game if you're lagging. Man, I, I stare at the screen watching it spin. Come on, I know it's going to come. Right? No, no, but this is video games. Stuff like that. I remember playing on the internet, and I remember when I was able to get on the internet. I don't care if I was lagging. If I was in the game, I was in the game, so and I played. Patience. And you had, to, yeah, and you had to like predict where people were gonna like jump to when you were aiming, and you could like. I got really good at just like pop, and then pff, there they are, pff, dead. It's great, but the, the, the it's an attention span issue. But no, well, yes, but they have an expectation that it's going to work and it's going to be reliable and it's going to be there because they grew up with it. I saw this lady the other day who she had a, a kid and she was trying, she had him, we had her at a playground and this lady had her like one year old, one and maybe a half, sitting there eating at this playground. And when she, when, when the baby was eating, she pulled out an iPad and put an iPad in front of the baby for him to sit there and watch. And the baby didn't want to watch the iPad. The baby wanted to like look around and be stimulated by the environment around him, but the mom kept like putting the baby down right here. Come back right. to the iPad. Come back to the iPad. Eat and be in the iPad. It's like they've grown up in that world. And I think that's the same thing with the violence. They've just grown up in the violence. Yeah. God, I remember I've been in a few lockdowns. It's crazy. I've never experienced that, except when I was working at the Hard Rock in Las Vegas, and we had that horrifying uh, mass shooting oh my God, at Route 66, yes. and the hotel was locked down, and we didn't know what to do, where to go, what was going on. That was kind of scary. Yeah. 
It was actually very frightening. I never thought I was going to be shot, but the unknown aspect of it. Uh, did I know anybody that got hurt? A cousin mm-hmm. of mine who I've never met on my uncle's ex-wife's side of the family got shot twice there. Oh, geez. He lived. Wow. Thank God. And I offered my home to his family if they needed a place to stay, but um, the hotels were putting up uh, the families oh, for the nice. victims during that mass shooting. Las Vegas really came together. Yeah. And it's, a, it's unfortunate tragedies bring us together. 9-11, Congress, as bipartisan, that bipartisan, you know, moment when they were all singing on the steps. Can you see Marjorie Taylor Greene doing that with AOC? No. No, I can't. <laughs> Unless something truly catastrophic were to happen. Right. America is its best when it comes together for a common goal. And right now, this goal is to attack each other, to own the libs, and to steal elections. And oh, So while we might say the goal, we might talk a lot about different sides in this podcast our goal our purpose for this podcast is to kind of offer a little different perspective that's not necessarily left or necessarily right like it's not too far left and it's not too far right right there's nothing wrong with being a moderate in the middle normal and that's the thing like i feel like i am a far lefty, but honestly, it's I think because one side got pulled so far right that it pulled everybody that's left into the center and made us look really far left. They tried to move the center right. divide, and that's the problem, is that now we've moved it back. But the also problem is that a lot of people have moved really far left now, and now we've got two crazy extremes. And we don't have the middle ground. I have a confession. I have been and will always be a one issue voter. Uh, What's your one issue, Richter? Gay rights. Sure. I have to look out for me. Right. Well, I mean, and I think, but but then I think you got to think about it this way. Let's say you got a person like Donald Trump who says, okay, I'm for gay rights, but I'm going to do everything else that's terrible. And then you've got another candidate that says, I am against gay rights, but I am for everything else that's good for the community. Like, that's tough. That sounds like DeSantis. Is DeSantis for gay rights? No, he's not. But you think he's good for everything else in the community? I just know that he's made gays and trans people targets in Florida. And propagating white uh, glory. <laughs> I don't know, right? Supremacy. What has he what has he been doing? He's all about, you know, destroying critical race theory and banning books, which is nothing new. Well what he's about is a theocracy. He wants to bring the Christian religion into politics and make sure that it we lead by its moral compass. And that's very Ronald Reagan. Yeah. yeah. 
mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, GOP identify with that aspect of their party. Sure, they think that well, because that's their their whole world is the Bible, right? And so they that's their moral compass. So if their politician lines up with their moral compass, great. But then my problem is is that and and it always will be. <laughs> is that, uh, and I, I see it all the time, there's this idea that you can be, use the, the, the Bible as a, a moral compass, but then when it comes to like business, that's different. It doesn't matter like who you're hurting because that's the model of capitalism. And that's the other thing we value so much in this country, right? And the problem with capitalists is, you know, you have to get to the top and you're going to have to use manpower to get there in a lot of ways. So when you're at the top, you have all these people below you. And the problem is the people at the top don't necessarily like to take care of the people below them. Yeah, the trickle-down economy theory, I don't think, really works. No, no. But money talks, right? And money is speech, according to our government. Mm. So those who have the money have the power. And that would be George Soros, Rupert Murdoch, Alkina Muskina, (laughs) Alan Muskina, Bezos. Mm -hmm. Well, look at Elon Musk. He flippin' bought the most popular social media thing at the time. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. All these men. Mm-hmm. Men. All men with sure. tremendous wealth. Mm-hmm. And tremendous power because they can just throw that wealth. And yet we still have hunger and <laughs> right. homelessness. When if those guys could all get together, it could be ended. But that's not... <sighs> Capitalist. But then it goes back to, again, looking at perspective, right? If you value community right then you're going to value what you know has been branded a terrible thing socialism right where everybody has access to things that are going to meet their basic needs right and we're not going to capitalize on those basic needs right we're not going to capitalize on people needing uh basic health care right we're not going to capitalize on people needing basic food requirements we're not going to capitalize on you know basic housing things of that nature and i say basic right because there needs to be room for capitalism right but there needs to be we need to keep it in check a little bit or at least from my opinion right i think one of the the, the areas where we really f- messed up well two areas and there's, I mean, there's there's probably more areas but the ones that come to mind the first one is internet right just how our internet and telecommunications companies work and it's not regulated it's not and that's the reason right it's kind of a little experiment it's fun to look at i do it in my classroom uh, and we look at you know this unregulated monopoly that they've got and how they can or how they were basically able to cheat the american people out of fast internet for a very long time right and just wring that you know sweaty towel dry from every every drop it's just nuts 
the other reason why I'm here, and this was actually kind of the this was this was the original reason why I kind of decided to do the podcast is because I wanted to learn the process of doing a podcast, like what the equipment I needed, uh, how to operate it, and then the editing stuff, which I never really got into yet. Do you have the time for it? No, that's the thing. So, but I did learn enough to set it up and get it going. So, like from an educator standpoint, from my perspective, I could build this space in my classroom and I would have the tools necessary. And I know I've got students who would be able to jump in and operate it and I could help them and they would have the know how to, to like, start the process and learn and do it themselves and have that experiential experience. So in film, you would be grip and uh, part of the art department. <laughs> I'm grip and part of the art department. What yeah. does the grip do? Setting up things. Gaffer's electrician. Okay. And art department, setting things up. You put up the curtains with me. Yeah, I did. Yeah. See? But at the same time, I would also be like over their shoulder helping them figure out how to do shit. They would come to me with a problem like halfway through editing and I would honestly, what happens is I Google that shit and then I go to them and I say, here's how, or I just Google it with them right there and I say, here's a fix or we you know, try a couple things until we figure it out. Aside from the teacher perspective, uh -huh. I think in 15 years, your daughters could look back on this as an archive of information and what was dad like 15 right years ago? what was dad like before he worked for off the richter productions as the key grip <laughs> art director art, and art, art director. director art director yeah. and key grip no i think i'd just like to be key key grip you're the best boy oh god damn don't call me that daddy oh so you can follow me on twitter uh richter underscore riolo Right here. Right. And you can follow me at uh, Tim Breaks It Down. Right here. Yeah. So be sure to subscribe and share the video with your friends and comment down below and let us know if you think we should continue doing Break It Down with Rick and Tim. All of that. Do you like doing the podcast? Yes, I do. It's very fun. Do you like doing the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It would be fun if this thing, you know, if we, if we garnered a, a following, even though it was just, you know, a few. That's it for this episode. Come back next week when Rick and Tim talk about stupid shit like UFOs and aliens. No. No barking. Friends, they're united. Break it down. Rick and Tim is also available to watch on YouTube. Check us out also online at www.breakitdownwithrickandtim.com.